0: Welcome to the Real Happy Mom Podcast. I'm your host, Tony Ann, the blogger and content creator at Real Happy Mom, where moms can find encouragement and practical tips for this journey called motherhood. I also have this podcast to introduce you to other moms from various walks of life. And today on episode number 28, I'll be talking to Megan. She'll be opening up about her story about losing a child, as well as how we can support our friends and family members who are suffering with grief and loss. Before we jump into this episode of the podcast, I just wanted to do a shout out to Chaya who left a review on iTunes. She said it's easy to get caught up in the responsibilities of motherhood, work, and life and never stop to focus on refilling your own cup in a way that really helps you mentally, emotionally, and physically. Real Happy Mom podcast connects you with ideas and experts who offer ways of doing more for yourself than just taking a spa day every now and then. Keeping her podcast in my queue gives me a reminder I need to keep returning to what matters most and refueling in a meaningful way that allows me to be more present for my family and my life. Love, Real Happy Mom and Tony and Soothing No Nonsense Voice. And Chaya, I love you and thank you for that awesome review. Now make sure you head over to iTunes and leave a review and also hit subscribe so that you can be featured on the next episode. Now let's jump in to episode number 28 with Megan. So today I have Megan and I am excited to have her on today. So welcome to the podcast, Megan. Now, Megan, before we jump into our topic for today, I just wanted you to just briefly give us a little bit about you and about what you're up to right now.
1: I am a mom of five and I am home taking care of the four that I have here. Um, I live with my husband of eight years in Minnesota and I'm homeschooling mom. I love to visit people. My faith is very important to me. Um, I just, I love to do, learn new things, be with people, travel, enjoy life. Yes to
0: that, Megan. Now, Megan, you mentioned you have your mother five, but you have four um with Mm -hmm. you now so I just wanted you to give us a, a little bit of background on your story about loss and grief if you don't mind sharing that with us
1: yeah I sure can do that um so we have five children we have three boys and two girls and um when we had three kids and I was pregnant for our fourth and she was doing four weeks I went to check on my daughter, my 15-month-old, Aria, and um, I found her after she had passed away in the night. And um, so that began my road down grief and loss and trying to figure out how to live with a child who is gone. Um, I guess it brought a lot of things up for me. Grief is really a hard road and very crazy because you don't they're very foreign emotions and you don't understand what's going on and a lot of crazy things happen to you that you don't get um and I also got PTSD from finding her so that was just another and then along with my other daughter being born four weeks later so just kind of a a tough road but uh, you know I just now I'm sharing my story and hoping to help others learn how to live with the grief. So that's what I'm talking about.
0: Thank you so much for sharing that. And Megan, I know that that is something that is pretty difficult, even just for me to listen. So I commend you for your strength in being able to talk to us mm-hmm. about that today. So Megan, how are you able to recover from this heartbreaking loss and then also be able to support your other young children during this time
1: yes I knew as soon as Aria died that I could not do this alone that I needed help and I needed to seek help professionally and allow the people in my life to help me and so I went to therapy I spent many 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 hours there and from my first therapist that's when I found out that I had PTSD And so she sent me to another one where I began a therapy doing EMDR. It's eye movement and desensitization reprocessing. It's a therapy that helps basically bring down the symptoms of PTSD from a really high, high level to where where I am now today, which is about like maybe a two or three. Like I still live with that trauma, but it's definitely on a livable scale. Like I can manage day to day with it. Um, But I spent many, many, many hours in that therapy sessions, Um, I don't even know how many hours, which I'm thankful for all the people I had in my life who helped me get my kids to babysitting and stuff. Um, So I did that. And then the support of people in my life, allowing people to help being vulnerable and allowing the emotions of grief to be, be there and facing them head on, I guess, grief brings on so much crazy crazy emotions and you feel really alone because you don't know what's going on with you you can feel so many things that make you feel guilty or angry and you have no idea but like why or what's happening or you're going crazy and I I learned through my therapy and through visiting with other moms that this was normal and it's a part of grief and it's a part of learning how to live with grief and learning to work through those emotions and allow them to be and process them and that we can eventually let them go. You just keep facing them and keep working through them. And it's, it's hard. It's a hard, it never fully leaves. It will always be with me. And I think what has changed um, once you work through all the stuff is that I don't want the grief to go away really because it is a reminder to me of my love for Aria and that I will never forget her and with my children they were they were two and four I think when she okay died. and they saw her and it was it was really traumatic for them so they went to therapy a lot too there's a Thing called play therapy. So they just play with their therapist and the therapist watches their behaviors and what comes up and just kind of doesn't really interfere a ton, but she watches and see, sees what's going on because that's how kids get out. Their trauma and grief is through play so that's what we did
0: okay now I know as a mom it definitely difficult but you mentioned that your your kids at the time were two and four so they were pretty young and I know a lot of times you hear people Mm -hmm. say like oh like kids they get over things a lot quicker and easier than for adults did you find that that was true for your, your kids
1: I think kids are really resilient it it is true they are very um you know they would be like Oh yeah, Arya died, and then they move on. Like the way they talk was like it's very hard sometimes as a parent to hear, but in the other way, it's it's a blessing that they don't feel that extent of grief and pain that we do. But it doesn't mean that they are not grieving. They don't have trauma. I still notice um, things in, especially my older son, that he has moments of fear around kids sleeping mm. or worry about his younger siblings so I, I can see that trauma in him but I think allowing them to process and allowing the open conversation and talking about what happened and whenever they bring it up to be there and listen and there was no um, nothing that couldn't be talked about if my son or both of my sons brought up anything or if they ever talk about Aria we we are open to talking about it talking about her and talking about what happened. And I think the hardest thing we can do for them is to ignore it and to tell them to just like maybe get over it or not want to talk about Mm -hmm. it. Kids at that age, they take it to themselves that it was their fault and it's their problem and what happened is their fault. So I think it's important to talk about it and work through it with them and make sure that they understand that what happened was not their fault and it wasn't their issue and they didn't do anything wrong, but that sometimes that happens and we don't, we don't know why or understand why, but to work through the emotions of that.
0: Now, Megan, how were you able to find, pretty much just find hope and find the light in all of this? Because this, I can imagine was a very dark time for you. So how were you able to find hope and light in all of this?
1: Yeah, I think for me, the biggest things have been support of my friends and family and my faith and then just working through my emotions and not being scared to feel pain. It's, it's painful. It is really, really hard. I think it's the hardest, well, it is the hardest thing that I have ever experienced as a mom and then as a couple. But facing those emotions and allowing them to be and knowing that grief is, our normal response to the loss of our child and loved one that it's okay to be there that you're not going crazy I think just being validated in all those emotions and thoughts and knowing that you're not alone is super helpful and so facing all those emotions I feel like now my waves of grief where when they were so close together and hit so hard now they're further apart and when they come I know that I can get up again. I know that those grief waves will be there the rest of my life. But I know that it's possible to have joy. I know that it's possible to have joy amidst the grief. It doesn't mean the grief goes away, but that they can live together in the same life. And I can still have a beautiful life. It's hard to say how because it's different for everybody. But for me, it's just been trying to work through the emotions and not thinking that what I'm feeling is like it can't be felt and I think it's really important to feel those and when I feel them and allow them to be I'm able to process and let go of them so I think my brain over time and my heart have learned to accept it and even find reasons to um the person I've become, I've changed to such a different person and I'm really thankful for that. Like, I wouldn't want to bring back the person I was, the things I didn't understand and the things that I didn't get before loss. I, I don't want to be that person again, but of course I would take Aria back in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. But the things I have learned about myself, about people, about life, that life isn't just only happy things, like I know we all want to just be happy and only have good things, but those painful and hard moments are also beautiful in a way. And when we can be raw and beautiful and vulnerable with ourselves and with other people, it creates such deeper connections. It's possible to live with and find hope. It lives together. You can have grief and joy possible in your life. And it's it's beautiful. It's okay that it's that way.
0: Just help me to understand how someone going through that would feel, but I just want to step on the other side and just have you give us some tips on how, if we have a friend or a family member who's going through something similar that you've gone through, how can we support them during a time of grief and loss of a child?
1: Yes, that is a question I've been getting asked a lot. I think the biggest thing to remember is we always want to fix something. We always, there's something, somebody has pain and a hard time and we want to fix it. We want to help them. And there is just no fixing what has happened. There's nothing any of us can do, even as myself, a grieving mom, there's nothing I can do or say to fix the so-called problem because it's not you know, there is nothing we can do about mm-hmm. that. And I think the biggest thing is just being there and listening, listening to them. Sometimes you have to talk about your story thousands of times, like it might be many, many times that, and other people might think, seriously, can you just like get over it? And you know what, It it is hard, you can't, you don't just get over it. I think not fixing what's going on with them, but allowing them to express what they're feeling and what they're thinking without judgment and just validating them and speaking their experience back to them and saying that, yeah, that's really hard. Like it's, it is so powerful to just be with somebody and not try to fix their pain because the pain is there. And I think it helps a lot to just have somebody who's compassionate and who listens and lets you feel and if you tell like you know there's a lot of feelings that come up that people I think are scared of like anger Mm. and guilt and all those feelings not only scare the griever but I think they scare the people who are trying to support them and those feelings are very normal with grief and it's important to you know if somebody is feeling guilt or anger to not be like don't feel guilty or don't feel angry that doesn't help them let go of that grief or anger or guilt or anger it it just tells them that you're not listening and they're not validated in their feelings so when you can be there and help them work through it and talk about it and let them talk about feeling guilty and because i've never talked to a mom who has not felt guilt mm-hmm. about some way or some form of their child's death i just it's just very we all have a deep feeling of like we're responsible for them so just being present and allowing them to express their emotions checking in on them another thing is um, not saying like let me know if I can do anything for you because that doesn't really help and as a grieving mom your brain is so in a fog and fried that you can't even think of what what do you need it's hard to even come up with something if you can think of something that you yourself can give freely because on another note that you it's really difficult to take something from somebody that they're not giving freely like when you're on the receiving end of help and gifts it's already hard enough to be getting so much help and then when somebody you can tell that they don't really want to help it's it's hard so give from your heart and give something maybe give three ideas that you can give like okay so this week I can bring food on tuesday or i could watch your kids and so you could you and your you and your husband could go on a date or i could watch your kids so you could go to the cemetery like whatever those three things or whatever they are that you can help give them those options and say let me know if any of them work for you and i will be happy to do them something like that instead of just saying oh let me know how you could Mm help how i could help because that's not very helpful and usually you don't know, end up helping so yeah now
0: you um, mentioned um, a couple of things about what not to say and I wanted to go through some of those because I know the big one is is oh call me if you need anything let me know how I can help you because I yeah. feel like that's the easy way out because you know they're not going to call you
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah no totally it's hard to reach out when you are in such a hard and dark place it's hard to reach out for help It's important to reach out, you know, as a supporter and ask how they're doing and what I can do today or give, you know, your options that you can do things not to say. It's hard to say what, you know, what to not say because we all grieve differently. And so one thing that might be offensive to somebody Mm -hmm. else might not be offensive to another person. And it might depend on the moment of grief because it is just a minute by minute changes I think it's anything that you're trying to fix it, like anything that where you're trying to change the situation is not helpful. Anything that starts with at least, Ooh, like, that's a good one. at least you had her for 15 months or at least you, whatever, you know? And then I think there's a lot of things that are trying to be supportive, especially amongst like faith. If you have a faith, you know, that God knows best and that God needed her more than you. And I think as a mom, it's really hard to hear that because it, you feel like there's no better place than for your child to be Mm -hmm. with you. And it doesn't mean that you don't believe that at some point, you know, eventually maybe you can come to terms or believe that again, but all those things that are meant to be supportive, they don't really help in that moment of really dark despair and maybe some people they do help. There's just, I just know a lot of people who it doesn't help. So it, I think it's just good to remember that basically anything you say is not, you cannot change the situation. So don't try to fix the problem. Don't try to make their pain go away because mm-hmm. you can't. Just be there and support. And there's not one, one way. And then the other thing I've thought about is to not be scared. You know, it's scary when I say all this stuff. To, <laughs> to you could say the wrong yeah. thing, whatever. <laughs> to like, you, people just wanna stop and do nothing. And I think that's one of the worst things you can do is do nothing because when you're in this really really dark place, in the moment that you need the support and friends the most, then people tend to run away because they're too scared and nervous and they don't know how to deal with grief and they feel awkward and this person this mother who has lost her child needs that support the most right now don't be afraid to do the wrong thing that's one of the biggest things like we all make mistakes we all mess up even as myself a grieving mom I get nervous and scared and what to do what to say just because you you really don't want to do more harm you know you know that they're in pain and you don't want to make it worse and there just is nothing worse than just disappearing it you really need to at least show your love and support and don't be too afraid to reach out and to talk to them
0: yes now you mentioned a couple of things and it it made me think about some things because i know for me it's hard because i'm one of those people i don't want to say the wrong thing <laughs> so i'm one of the ones that's like i think yeah. like should i say this should i say not? They say that now i just want to yeah. know like would you find it helpful or do you think that it would be helpful for grieving moms to just have someone physically there even if they're not saying anything having someone physically there is is that more helpful than like you said just even if they say nothing?
1: You know, I think it totally depends on the person. I was around people a lot. I had a hard time being by myself, but then I would go in periods where I would get my depression and I didn't want to see anybody. So I stayed home for a long time, Mm -hmm. but I went in spurts of that and I started to understand myself. So I think it's really, really important to communicate with that grieving mom and be like, you know, I would love to come sit with you. And I, I think that is a beautiful thing to go sit with somebody. I think it's one of the most honoring things you can do with somebody else is to sit with them in their pain, but not everybody wants Mm -hmm. that. Not every grieving mom is the same. So it's very important throughout all of this to communicate with them. Like, does this help you? Not in like a badgering way and like trying to bug them and get things out of them, but to communicate and check in and be like, Hey, is this helpful if I just come sit with you and feel free to say, you know, I, I don't know what to say and I don't know what to say because I don't want to say the wrong thing. And I know you're in a lot of pain and I just want to be here for you. I care for you. And can I just sit with you? Like something like that, just, it totally depends on the person. So it's hard to, you know, give a one yes or no answer for that.
0: hmm yeah. No, what you just said was just beautiful. Like I I love that. I could definitely <laughs> say that. So thank you for, for giving yeah. me some tips and giving mom's tips too, because yeah. we want to be there to support our friends and family members, but some of us just don't know how to do it without you know, being offensive or saying the wrong thing or just kind of making things kind of spiral out of control even more. So I really appreciate you giving us some tips on that and and giving us some things on what we could say and what not to say, of course, too as well, because um, even though I haven't gone through that, I can only imagine how I would feel if someone said, you know, some of those things that you mentioned. So it it definitely put things into perspective for me. So thank you so much for that. I really do appreciate it.
1: Yeah. Thanks for letting me talk about it because I think even so letting moms know that they're not alone with their grief, but also people who are in the supporting role. It, it is a hard, it's hard for everybody. We're all learning when it happens, when you're supporting and when you're grieving. And I think the education about grief is, it's a hard, heavy subject. A lot of people run away from it, but it is so important to talk about so we can learn and work at getting better at how to support each other when that happens because it will happen to all of us all of us will grieve in some way not all of us will lose our child or children but all of us will have grief in our life and so if we can learn about it and know how to face it and it's, it's an important topic.
0: Yes, I agree. Now, Megan, you shared a lot of information with us, and I'm sure there's some moms out there that would like to learn more and hear more about your story and just learn more about the whole grieving process too. But I just want to know where we can find you on social media and find you online if we want to learn more about you.
1: Yeah, they can go to my website is meganhillica.com. I do blog posts every week. I have an Instagram at Cultivated Family and Facebook. I have Cultivated Family page, and I also have a Facebook group for grieving moms. It's called Living with Grief with Megan Helica, Child Loss with Megan Helica. So you can join me on either, any of those platforms, and I would love to have Have you joined me? Awesome.
0: And I'll make sure to include all of that in the show notes. So make sure you check those out there. Now, Megan, before we sign off, one of my favorite questions to ask all of my guests is if you could have any superpower, what would it be?
1: Yeah, I was thinking about this one. And I think because I've learned so much about the different ways of people responding to loss or any situation in life i just would love to without having like just to look at somebody and know that okay you are somebody who cannot stand being asked a million questions or you are somebody <laughs> just to know who they are in like a very deep level and just be able to communicate with them on their terms and their way that yeah. so i would just love that
0: that would be good you could definitely get a lot more if yeah. you had that superpower <laughs> i agree with that one
1: yeah yeah <laughs> Nice. yeah because we all it just fascinates me how different we all are Hello. in every single person and I just I mean it's it's fascinating maybe because I don't understand it all so if maybe if I did that then it wouldn't be so fascinating but I just <laughs> I think it's amazing how we're all so different and I would love to be able to communicate with people in the way they need nice
0: Yeah. so yeah I like that one Megan thank you again thank you so much for coming on and talking to us yeah, Thank you. I really appreciate it
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Now that does it for this episode of the Real Happy Mom Podcast. To find the links in the show notes, make sure you head over to RealHappymom.com slash 28. There you'll find the links that Megan mentioned as well as a few others that will help you with support of your friend or family member dealing with grief or loss. And do me a favor and head over to iTunes and make sure you hit subscribe because I don't want you to miss the next episode that's coming up. Now that does it, and I'll catch you in the next one.